Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is Defection. For when Realm Assignment gives you the same damn people all over again. Okay, start of the round. Uh, we thought we'd just do a, a quick intro to the round. Murph, what's your thoughts? I like the thought of Defection. Although, I've never really had... Like going round around, I don't think I've ever had the same people over and over again. You know, like maybe I'll land with them, but like it'll be, you know, two or three or four rounds later that I'll land with them again. Well, that's kind of funny because I've landed with the same, usually like the same pair. Sometimes the same like like solo player a couple of times in a row, probably like four or five times. So it's almost like a sixth pack main at that point. Exactly, yeah. If you've like if you've gotten on well for you know being really active, um, it, it usually works out really nicely because there's often, especially if they're kind of like newer um, or just kind of like getting to grips with the game. That second time around, it's great because you can like hit the ground running, and you really kind of see the mistakes that were kind of made the first time around. You're like bouncing hits or like you know not double checking things before happening or. Um, you know, just leaving themselves under defended. So those little mistakes don't tend to be as present anymore. So you can really kind of like move on and like move them up, um, which is great. Yeah, I just tend to try to help our guys as much as possible, you know, give them advice, you know, uh, if, especially if they ask for it, right? Like you're like, here's a tip or two. Hopefully that helps you, right? Like just try to stay defended as best you can, you know, and, and grow whenever you have a chance. Um, and it usually works out okay, you know? Like, I, I would think that they're adding more tools in their toolbox than they're taking out, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it, there's always, you know, when the Realm Assignment happens, you kind of look to see who joins the Discord, and pretty much as soon as it happens, I put a council post in saying, best thing you can possibly do is join the Discord, so please join the Discord. That's when everyone's going to talk and stuff, and some people just won't join at all. You won't hear from them at all some of them will join and not really speak and then um some will learn and uh every once in a while you get somebody who uh who knows best so uh doesn't listen to anything that you say um so how are we looking for the round so far what are your initial impressions or takeaways here so i think the big one for me is this reminds me of a a kid's book when i had like growing up which was basically the land of the goblins and that's what it is. I think after the last round, we saw like a couple of decent quick converting goblins. Um, and we've seen like a few like goblin explorers do well as well. Um, that top kind of 12, 15 or so just dominated. Well, it's just so easy for goblin early, right? Like you're just easily defending yourself. You know, you got that nice pop bonus. So, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're seeing goblins and and some kobolds in there, right? I'm surprised that the goblins are ahead of the kobolds, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I was a little bit as well. Um, I, I don't know if it just, you know, sometimes there's like a bit of a quirk in timing, you know, like the first kind of, whatever, like day five, day six, one race might be ahead, and then by day seven, day eight, the other race will get ahead, and then, you know, the, the, the better race eventually kind of wins out and, and stretches away. But yeah, I thought kobolds might hit the ground running a little bit faster with their with their greater pop bonus. Uh, could just be drafty management. Could be just holding back a little bit. Yeah, 
And I guess, like, because, yeah, because those underlings suck, right? It's just essentially, you know, a double drafty, right? So they're just, you know, if you're planning on using them as part of a, you know, long-term plan, it's generally not a good idea. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, early on, like, protections where you've also got the employment issues. You can't go, like, overboard on homes. And then all of a sudden, you're stuck with these incredibly inefficient units. And like you said, it's... When draftees are one point and you know can't be can't be assassinated in those first few days, um, underlings really don't add a whole lot to your uh, to your defense. No, and they're usually coupled with you know massive guard towers, right? Because you kind of need those to offset the fact that it's such a shitty unit. So yeah, you're like I don't know, like you can get I guess an initial jump and be pretty fast with it, um, but if you don't really put some distance between you and other people, then you're ultimately going to get passed over. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if that's the case. Um, yeah, there's got to be a point where they kind of race ahead. Otherwise, the better races are going to um, stomp all over them, just stretch it out. And so, yeah. So most of this top looks like Explorers, obviously, right now, because that's kind of what we would expect, right? Yeah, I think so. I actually, I took a look yesterday, and uh, I think there's just, you know, the, the new meta anyway is that it's better to go high land um, and probably attack in, you know, like the first 12 or, or 24 hours, um, not necessarily out of protection. And I think that the top, like, 75, like, half of the players um, were exploring, like, from 750 land plus just a few hours out. So I think that's definitely where, kind of, like, the more experienced players have, have moved. Um, over the last uh, several rounds, it's probably just a little bit easier, right? Because you're not dealing with crazy people down there, and you know if you're gonna do like some sort of conversion strategy, like you can probably defend yourself relatively safely and have better information on what the threats are. Whereas if you if you attack out of protection, you know you always have the wild cards you need to deal with, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it takes the uncertainty out. You know, like if you if you're playing from let's say six hundred to seven hundred, you probably your defense isn't going to be safe safe. Um, so if there is somebody with like like you know like a gnome or, or somebody with like huge temples or just somebody who just wants to to, to wreck someone, um, you won't be safe from them. Whereas you can pretty safely defend that if you are doing a higher acre strategy, just because you know what's going to be there you know, the most defense you'll need and just go for that. So do you think, like, a lot of these goblins, I guess, do you think they're, like, going to do some sort of quick convert thing or do you think they're just going to explore? I think it's going to be a mix, um, honestly. Um, I, I think we'll see, probably see more than we have done of the quick convert. I can't remember the last time we really saw them um, doing quick convert past last round. And I know there's been a few successful ones as part of like a, a fast attacking pack. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more this time around. Um, but they've also been so kind of strong as um, as large explorers that a good chunk of them were probably going to do that as well. So, you know, I think there's something like eight or ten goblins near the top. Um, so I'm sure there'll be some kind of mix between them all. I don't know if it's going to be 50-50 or, or one slightly more than the other, but 
Um, I definitely think there's going to be quick converters amongst them. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like, that just kind of seems like because Gothia and it was Disco last round that did the quick converting goblins, right? Yeah, those were the two. Yep. So yeah, they just kind of made it pretty straightforward, and they had good success, and they were competitive last round. So, you know, I guess people are taking a page out of their book and just kind of saying, "Hey, that seemed rather straightforward. Let's give that a go or something," you know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's fairly, you know, as you say, it's straightforward. There's, there's not a whole lot of thought needs to go into it. You know, that you explore quickly, you get your diamond mines in, and you kind of pick a, a size that you want to, to go for. You get your docks, you get your ore mines, and you just kind of set things up for a couple of days before, then kind of go for it. And we saw last round that they were kind of the, the two that were really kind of holding the runaway in position before they kind of like ever really got to like five four people properly so the fact you can kind of convert into straight into that position um as a possibility is pretty kind of like pretty enticing um if you do want to have a, a decent round and then if we look at this the net worth for strongest dominions looks like we've got a nice mix of firewalker lizard folk and halfling just off the top here looking like yeah, so those are the ones you'd uh, you'd usually expect to see, right? Isn't it? Firewalker, Lizard, Folk, Halfling. Um, further down, you get a mix of what's it? Nomad, Spirit, Sylvans. Um, yeah, I don't know if personally I trust the Sylvan attacking like that, like how I would imagine it's attacking. I don't think we've seen. We've only seen really like efficient Sylvans really do well um i know you've had a round where you did it i had a round where i did it as well to like moderate success um but it's at some point something like you know one, one of these kind of like stranger more unique strategies is going to pay off so um i when i did it i was making attacks as often as i could even the you know, results into like bottom feeds just to keep land coming in um and when fast attackers died off, I was kind of like in position um, to kind of take over. Just in the round that that happened, the the converters just so dominant that it kind of killed me off. So I'm not sure we'll see it again. Uh, we'll we'll see much success with it. But then when you think back to last round as well, you know we didn't really see we've not seen a fast troll succeed as much as that one did for Ruri um, last round. Yeah, maybe not since I played Troll. Yeah, honestly, your, your Troll was probably the the best before Ruri's. Um, and Ruri just kind of like took it to a next level. He just managed to get the timing right and and position right and um, and, and looked really strong from, from quite a long way out. Um, so, you know, like my, my point being, just like this Sylvan, you just never know. Somebody's going to um, try a strategy and it's just going to pay off at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. So how uh, how are the realms looking? You think? I think we're probably seeing the same thing that we've seen in the last few rounds. I, I think last round seemed to be a little bit more spread out in terms of you know what's going to happen. Um, there were quite a few competitive people going into the first few days. Um, I'm not sure if we've seen everyone can like reveal their hand just yet. 
Um, like I said, there's quite a few larger land people, you know, attacking from 800 plus this time out. And that can sometimes take a, an extra day to really kind of um, progress to the point of being scary. So right now it's too early to say at the moment. There's definitely a few contenders who can like, you know, if you're looking at the top networks, there's a few pairs looking good. Um, but I don't think we've kind of seen that that um, one or two can like poke out ahead of three others just yet. Yeah, I I like that assessment too. Yeah, you, you've seen a couple pairs here and there, which you'd want to see if you're fast attacking, right? You always want a wingman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We you know we've talked about it in the past. There's definitely it comes a point where you get into the kind of like the the chess and the the mind games of things and if you've got somebody kind of backing you up and you can make a risky send or you can kind of take chances or you can you can play it with a lot more um, of a wider set of opportunities when there's somebody else backing you up. If you're on your own, you really just kind of have to, you know, just hope that somebody's kind of, uh, some opportunity is going to just uh, present itself that you can either take advantage of or you end up having to rely on somebody from a different realm to kind of look after you um, if you've got any chance of uh, getting ahead. So do you get the feeling we're going to have a round like last round where there's going to be, you know, black ops coming out of the woodwork again? Or I think that is very much to be decided. Um, I think a lot of people really enjoyed it for the first week or two last round. Then things kind of really kind of quieten down. And there's still this, um, I think this mindset of, if you're doing all the dirty work just for somebody else to benefit, then would you be prepared to kind of carry on doing that? Um, or would you just kind of like sit back and only, only kind of jump in if it's going to benefit your guys in some way. So I don't know what the, uh, what the mindset of the matter is for, for this round. It's going to be interesting when, you know, black ops open up. Uh, do you, do you imagine people are going to be putting in protections you know, if you're a fast attacker or, you know, like a looking like a good early converter, are you going to, you know, build up your spies and wizards? Are you going to build up your ducks and your, um, your forest havens? Or are you just going to hope that none of that happens this time around? I'm always a proponent of I'd rather, like if I had like the choice and sometimes you don't have the choice. But for me, I'd rather like early. I'm more of the guy that would rather have spies and wizards as opposed to the land protection so i think it's just a little bit easier managing that side yeah it's one of those things it's i I do like in a way where we're at right now and that you can get the benefit it's almost the case of you know you bring some protection in just to make sure that you're not an easy target that there's better targets out there um but i don't think i ever got to the point of being fully defended against black ops because when you do that you just really hurt yourself too much uh, and unless you're ahead already that's going to really kind of weigh you down yeah and i guess yeah that's where you know your size comes into play or if you have elite guard and you can limit the people in range yeah and then if it's the case of if i'm way behind then i'm just really not going to bother at all because the only way i've got a chance to catch back up is by not weighing myself down so it's almost like, you know, if, you, if you're playing a game, you're going to go, like, light armor just to be quicker and uh, hope something kind of comes your way. Yeah, agility's a skill you need, that's for sure. 
And I think that's probably the, the closest comparison you've really got um, for, for this game as well. So is there are there any themes that you particularly enjoy? I almost feel like we're getting to the point of like uh, like standard theme ideas kind of running now. Um, whether it's like, you know, like a little bit of wordplay or, um, you know, like cartoon characters or like TV show characters. Um, I don't know if there's any that kind of like really, really made me go like, that is the best theme that we've seen. Well, they like, got uh, the theme in Realm 2. Have you looked at that one? Oh, will this be, uh, yeah, you know what, you're right. I should have said that straight away. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. I think the real question is going to become, does the Little Mermaid beat Pinocchio in the end, or what? Well, I think we know who I'm hoping will uh, win out in that one. Yeah, it's an ice skin versus a merfolk, so... <laughs> I don't really know what which one's gonna go which, or if they're gonna explore or what. You know, if you're if you're going to explore with an ice skin or merfolk, who do you give the edge to? That's a an interesting one. So because ice skin have got the you know the plat um, bonus and their defense is fairly cheap anyway. It's just you just kind of getting that mountain in is sometimes a little bit trickier. You get the you know fewer choice of, of buildings. Um, but then Murphy just has that extra, you know, one point of efficiency, and they've now lost that. Um, are they did they take the uh, the explore bonus or the explore penalty away? I don't think so. I don't think we got consensus on that. Oh, it was it was a uh, reduced slightly, right to two and a half as opposed to five. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems as though like. My folk have usually have had more representation um, in top kind of tens and top twenties as explorers, but I wouldn't say the ice skin are a, are a bad choice though. One thing should be for certain: we're we're both going to beat Rush Punzel, right? Yeah, right. Rush Punzel's going to uh, spend a lot of time building up wizards and uh, and spies, and then really not do anything. <laughs> we'll just leave him in our dust, eh? So another question we should be asking is, is Dan the man going to get fireballed as soon as war becomes active again? You know, what are, your, what are you putting your odds on here? I mean, I hope for his own sanity that doesn't happen. But for the sake of our enjoyment, it would be great if it did. He always seems to be like that, uh, that car that's broken down on the side of the roads with the cones. He's putting out the cones and he just gets uh, rear-ended <laughs> on the side of the road, you know? Yeah, no matter what he does, it's um, it's just a... You know, his problem is that he just he gets himself into these positions where he becomes a target. Um, and it's a tough life being a fast attacker. It's It really is. It's... It's a pretty relentless lifestyle there, especially the first week or two. It's just so many pitfalls you need to avoid, right? Yeah, and that's I mean that's probably why it's I still consider it one of the, the purest ways to play because you really have to like fight pretty much the whole way through the round, you know, unless you really do become like a pure runaway and you've got people backing you up and like blocking things off. Um for a for a good win that's enjoyable, like you're fighting from the beginning, you're fighting all the other attackers. You're dealing with black operas. It's just a struggle. Um, 
but it's fun. I think it's the most fun way to play. Yeah, you just have to get lucky with hits sometimes, right? And sometimes they fall in your lap, and sometimes you really got to turn over every rock to find them. Yeah, and that's such a, a key into seeing, you know, who gets away and, the, and who doesn't, who becomes like the, the lead fast attacker. Sometimes it's not the person with the best sim or, or the best kind of like strat, but it's just the person who's kind of, you know, strings together two or three um, hits when uh, when other people are either looking at each other or just um, got the timing of like their, their spec thumps, you know, slightly wrong. Yeah. Hmm. So, wonders wise, we have an interesting collection out there. I'm not too sure if another one's going to pop up today or not. But so far, we got the Factory of Legends, the Hanging Gardens, and the School of War. Yeah, it's kind of not quite as, uh, as appetizing as uh, last round. Last round, you had you know a couple of the good ones in in the Fountain and uh, and the Ruby. It's kind of like two strong ones that can really play to play to your advantage depending on your race. This one, you know, like School of War can be pretty decent if you're. Um, if you buy into, you know, like a, a heavy rack strat. Um, other than that, the others are just kind of just, just okay. Beneficial, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I can see the Factory of Legends being useful for, uh, I guess, a Wood Elf, maybe a Nomad. You know, something that could really put it to good use, you know, if you're going to be destroying buildings a bunch. And Wood Elves can do that mid to late round, right? They're going to pull that RR bullet on you at some point. Well, it's more like a, it's more a benefit to explorers really, isn't it? Because yeah. With, with, with nomads, you know, you, I'm always thinking you, you're going to be building less or if you are going to do in those, you know, raise and rebuilds, you've hopefully got enough of your reduced cost building in anyway to rely on. And see, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know Nomad enough, because I haven't really played them. But, like, do you just build everything, and then in preparation for attack, do you, like, destroy extra factories or something to give yourself an OP boost, you know? Like, I don't really know what the optimal way to play that race is. Yeah, I don't think we've seen... We've seen it be near the top a few times in the, the first few rounds. Um but I, I personally, I don't know the, the best way to really do it either. Um, I know a few people have been kind of doing a, you know, like a big mod build. Um, or where they'll kind of like sit on loads of Baron for a while, let the pop be, be higher, and then do a build a load of mods just to ready for uh, for an attack. Um, other people have done lots of like big restructures. When I did it in a test round, I just um, I kept on bottom feeding um, just to kind of keep land going in. Because I knew that I wouldn't be building all of it anyway, but we've not really seen anyone on top with Nomad for a while to kind of see what the best way to play them is. Yeah, I don't, and they're they're interesting because they have like that nine hour spec unit too, right? So it's pretty pretty unique in that you know it, that unit comes back with your uh, your main OP, right? So you can kind of nine hour with specs, which is extremely rare yeah exactly that's it's a massive massive benefit because very few specs have that kind of additional ability they're, they're really kind of almost like an emergency deployment or a either speculative or opportunity um use when you're doing like spec offense what do you think of all these pairs that we're seeing 
the pairs? Yeah, like you're kind of seeing like identical races kind of in the same realm running identical strategies. I don't know if you've noticed that for a couple of these Dominions. Yeah, I think that's just a, a new um, part of as the playbase has almost become like more established and you know you, there's a lot more trust in in you can like realms right from the off now um i think anyway that most of the good sims are kind of getting spread around or ideas anyway so there's less kind of benefit in kind of keeping your you know your tricks hidden because they're kind of going to slip out at some point anyway so you may as well um if you've got a realmate that you um that you believe in you may as well kind of give you your best sim to them and, and can like both try the same thing just and hope that one of you wins i think people are probably less precious about whether a win comes from their pack these days and, and they'd be just as happy with a, a random realmate or somebody from you know their their, kind of like their sister pack um winning as well yeah like would you be adverse to giving i guess your best sim to like a realme who's not in your pack no, not at all. I, I think that's probably changed recently, like the last kind of few rounds. I think once once packs start to get emerged a lot more, and you kind of you almost know people's names um, when you first joined. Previously, we would have probably been a little bit guarded about keeping our, our best ideas. You know, might you might you might have given uh, out an old sim with a few older ideas, but not like your latest uh, your latest specs. Whereas now, we're quite happy to share. I think for the most part, so. Um, so we do. I don't know about about you guys though. Yeah, we're pretty happy to just kind of give people the best chance to to succeed, right? So even if it's one of my best sims, I'm just like, you know, see what you can do with it. If I think you're going to be active, if I don't think you're going to be active, I'm extremely hesitant to give you the keys to a Ferrari. You know what I mean? And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. One of the interesting things that we see now is that you do see some people like looking really, really good in the first couple of days, and then they'll just get blown up by someone um, and just come tumbling down. Yeah, that's the worry is that Ferrari crashing, <laughs> you know? Because if it crashes and it's you know feeding other people, like you just it just hurts you more than it helps you. Exactly, yeah, so from that regard, you prefer them somebody being to be a little bit slower than rather uh, storming out ahead and then feeding your competition. Yeah, like I'd, I'd have to really kind of get to know them and, you know, if there's like a history or if I've seen that, they've active, that they're active or that they have potential to be active, then I'm a lot less hesitant to kind of roll with them in that, you know, car, but... If they're not, then I'd rather just them drive a nice sedan. You know, it's got all the safety features. Yeah, yeah, that's when the line. Yeah, the quick starts are pretty decent. So, is there anything else you want to touch on here for the first initial impressions uh, part of the round? No, I think there's. I don't think we've seen anything, uh, any anything huge just yet. Um, the next couple of days, or well, the next week's gonna see how this all pans out, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, let's see uh, what all these goblins do and see if any kind of fast attackers get away again. Yeah, because I guess by the... So when we do another pod next weekend, which I think we'll do, because usually it's nice to do the initial one 
because you kind of have all that fast attacking fighting that's happening, right? So by next weekend, so that's like seven days away, uh, I don't know if, would these guys be converted even? I guess they might be, right? Yeah, you probably see at least the, maybe if they wouldn't have actually started their attack, you'll see which ones, you know, what kind of land sizes people will be aiming for, whether it's, you know, 1,500 is a pretty common spot, or uh, 2,000 is um, is another one. So you probably see the 1,500 ones setting up if, uh, if they've not already made an attack. Yeah, yeah, and then you get to kind of see the varieties of the builds that they're choosing, right? So it's going to be interesting for next week to kind of see what's still in the mix. Like, do we still have a Firewalker? Do we still have a Lycanthrope? Do we still have a bunch of Lizzie's? And a halfling kicking around, or are they kind of starting to fade? So, because like, yeah, with these quick converts with the dime mines, right? They're gonna have way better improvements than the pure fast attackers are. So I wonder how quickly that would kind of even out the playing field, right? Especially, I guess, the rate of growth that'll happen with the uh, fast attackers comparatively to the quick convert guys. And maybe we'll even see, like, some Kobold quick converters, right? Like, I'm not entirely sure what the Kobolds are going to do, because those guys are just crazy in my eyes, right? Like, you know, I'm not at all certain what they have planned. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I know the idea has been uh, talked about a few times uh, with some of my, my guys, both uh, the people we played with last round and the usual pack about quick convert and you might even see a few of the other races kind of do a quick convert you know there's no reason why um why like you say kobold or, or dwarf or um you might see murph's book uh, setting up for a, a convert relatively early as well so we'll uh, we'll get to see what, what all these guys have in plan yeah that sounds good all right so we'll uh we'll close up this episode and uh you know, we'll have a guest or two for next week's episode. And, uh, you know, wish everybody the best. And, you know, hopefully you guys are having fun out there. All right. Speak to you then.